Hello, all of you out there. This is Heather Langenkamp, and you're listening to Alone in the Dark. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Alone in the Dark podcast. Cast, 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 cast. <laughs> and after a nice long uh, holiday break, we are back with episode 34, and I'm back with Maddie again. Is it 34? 34, dude. Wow. Took us long enough. I know. I know. It's definitely, like I said, it's, it's uh, what we say the one time, it's... Um, it's quality, not quantity. Quality, right? not quantity. So um, yeah. So anyway, we're back, and and I, I say that to all the girls I meet too. That aren't, uh... <laughs> all the girls, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm married, and that's not true anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. Those days are long gone. Yes, they are. But uh, we're we're pumped to be back, Maddie. This is this is something that you know this this episode we're about to do is something that we've been sort of I don't know if we've been putting it off or we just haven't gotten to it, but. We're, I don't know. It feels a little different, though, Mike. It feels we're in a, we're in a very foreign, strange place. But yeah, it's a, it's a little strange. But I, I'm like, this is this is a series that I am definitely in love with, and I know you are too. You know, so oh my god, this is uh, this is pretty huge. Um, this is long overdue. Long overdue. Yeah, absolutely. So we are we are we are dipping our toes in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, which I'm super excited about. This is great. Yeah, and that's good. That's a very well put. Because we are simply dipping our toe. We are not uh, going to tell you and shyster you into thinking that we're going to completely analyze the hell out of every movie. That's not what's happening here. No. At all. But we, you know, this is, I think, a good intro for us t- into the series. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. And so we're doing our top uh, Freddy Krueger kills, um, which is going to be great. We, we've already done our, our top 13. We did our top 13 uh, Friday the 13th kill. So this is kind of neat to, to just kind of step in, um, the, uh, into the, you know, into the, into the waters of Nightmare on Elm Street per se. Yes. And we're, and we're doing a part, we're only doing a top five. We did 13 yes. with Jason. We did a part five because Freddie was a much more efficient killer, wasn't he? And he, Absolutely. Um, he, he didn't, he didn't have the numbers. That's nearly. That's the one thing I learned, right? Is that we didn't, um, we didn't, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to edit this out again. This goes along with our uh, this goes along with our theme: quality, not quantity. Right? For sure. Yes. Well, what we realize is Freddie doesn't have a ton of kills, as as many kills as as uh, as Jason Voorhees does, which is kind of interesting, you know. Not even close. No. No. Um, so anyway, before we get into it, uh, a couple things. Uh, just want to remind people, if you listen to us on iTunes, if you could go give us a five-star rating because it really, really helps us. And I want to thank all the people that have been doing that. You know, uh, we've gotten a lot of nice written reviews, which have been great, and, um, you know, a lot of five-star reviews. So please, please, if you, if you could take a second, if you have iTunes, uh, jump on and give us a nice five-star rating. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Right, Maddie? Yeah, absolutely, man. Amen. Yes. So I, I want to get back to what you were talking mm-hmm. about because I think that's, a, that's an important point um, about this series. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Friday the 13th and the artistry that obviously goes on, you know, for those movies to happen, for those kill sequences to happen. But 
for certain, this series more than any other um, really, really focuses. I mean, these are these kills are set pieces, like elaborate, oh, totally drawn out. I mean, that involved, I'm sure, tons of storyboarding, and it, it's. I mean, you're talking a different world here, and this is it's, it's dream dream world stuff. It's fantasy. It's just it's it's amazing, and that's why I'm glad we're really getting to this. No, thing. it's going to be super exciting, super exciting. Um, so one other thing I wanted to mention before we kind of talk about what we've been doing and listening to and watching and stuff. Um, if, if anybody would like, you know, putting on a podcast is, is not free. You know, we have to, um, this is our, my little plug here to, to try to help, uh, support the podcast, but you know, we have to pay a monthly fee to store our podcast online and, you know, there's little cl- equipment things and stuff, but we do have a, a t-shirt. So if you want to kind of look cool and support the podcast and, and say, Hey, I really love these guys. I love alone in the dark podcast. You can buy a t-shirt with our logo on it. And it's on a, a nice website where you can, you know, uh, use your credit card or, you know, use whatever you want to, to pay for it. But it's alone in the dark dot store envy, envy And you can buy your own alone in the dark, uh, podcast t-shirt. So we'd really appreciate the support because, you know, we do this because we love it, but it also costs us money and it will help, you know, pay for some of these things. And you get something out of it too. You get a t-shirt that you can, that looks really cool, fits really nice. And, uh, yeah, so that'd be good. So wrap yourself in some alone in the dark love, everyone. That's it, man. That's it. And I love what, what's this like new tagline you've been giving us niblet. Oh, so, so yeah, this is what we, so this is our next shirt. I'm sure down the line, we're going to be putting this on a shirt. Oh, Totally. Here at Alone in Dark Podcast, we certainly love modern horror films too, for sure. Yeah. Um, but for the for the most part, Alone in Dark Podcast, what we do here is we nibble at the nourishing nipple of nostalgia, one episode at a time. <laughs> and that's that is what we do. And I think you brought you did that when we did the three threesome episode, right? With yes, Rochelle, episode, tw- episode twenty. Yeah, yes, twenty. Yes. Which I don't know where yep. Rochelle's man. Rochelle disappeared, dude. I don't even think she follows us anymore. It's kind of sad. <laughs> well, she if she doesn't. You know, I, I wish, and there's always room for her, you know, to start nibbling the nourishing nipple of nostalgia <laughs> once again, because it's always waiting. Oh my gosh, dude. You're sick, dude. I love it. The, the, teat, the teat is at the ready, man, and it's, it, it, it needs some nuzzling, <laughs> some nibbling. <laughs> but anyway, we want to thank everybody for listening to us and, you know, giving us a nice, you know, just shout outs and stuff and... Uh, we really appreciate it. You know, without you guys, we really probably wouldn't do this anymore because it really just be me and Matt talking on the phone about this kind of stuff. And yeah, there's so many cool people out there, even from other podcasts that give us love. Man. Oh, Everybody, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, this is kind of a nice shout out. There's a band that I'm sure most of our listeners know about, but if you don't, this is a, a band you should check out. Uh, they're called FKU and they came out with an album, uh, a couple months ago, I think I want to say, or, you know, not too long ago, but yeah, it's 2017 for sure. Yep. yep. But they, um, they sent us their, their CD actually, which was really nice for us to check out. And the, the name of their album is called 1981, which is, which is pretty awesome. And yeah, and the, f- and the fist is coming out of the ground with a knife in it. Yes, right? it's like the the artwork is amazing. It's beautiful stuff. So um, they shared that with us, which was really cool. And uh, they've got some really cool songs on there, that, which is funny. All the most of the songs have to do with. Um, well, the album's called 1981, right? So yeah. All of the song titles are horror films from 1981, right? The, the year 1981, which is cool. Like Hell Nights on there. Hell Night, uh, <laughs> Nightmares in a Damaged Brain. Um, Friday Part uh, 2. 
The Burning, Funhouse. Burial Ground, Night the, School. The Prowler. <laughs> yep. Halloween 2. It's awesome. So Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. that's like a bonus track, right? It's like Evil Dead bonus track. Um, Let me tell you something. I put this out in the car the other yes. day. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a Beetlehead. People that know me mostly consider me that. But back in the day, I, I was, you know, somewhat of a serious metal connoisseur. Um, somewhat. Yeah. And uh, I really liked my metal. <laughs> and I have to say, when I put this in, it, it was like slipping. It really is like comfort food. It's like 1980s thrash. Yeah. And um, and it reminded me, not that it sounds like it that much, but it reminded me a little bit of like old school Testament. It has kind of that vibe to it, that aggressive, but fun, but really, really like intense, tight, you know, tight, intricate, um, you know, design and stuff. So it's really like kind of like an old Testament. So if you're in if that name Testament, um, means anything to you, um, you should definitely check these guys out because they're really, really cool. Yeah, I wasn't into that kind of music like you were, but it when I first listened to it, it really just, to me, it was like me being an outsider to that genre of music. It just reminded me of like old Metallica or something like that. You know what I mean? It had that vibe yeah. to it. But um, yeah. I th- but yeah, they're all, they're all over Instagram. I mean, they post videos all the time now, so just check them out. It's really Yeah, cool. they're great. And thank you guys for sending us the CD. Uh, we really enjoyed it and enjoyed all the song titles and stuff. And what a great concept album, you know, to do you know, write songs all about horror movies from the eighties. It's pretty from 81. I mean, it's really great. Yep. And it's listed as an original soundtrack, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. yeah, Which is pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. You guys got to check this. Just the art, the album cover alone is worth the the price. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, one thing I, I didn't even tell you, Maddie, uh, our good buddy, our, our good buddy, uh, Teal, you know, the, the band Teal that did our theme song. Yes. Um, he posted something the other day. Uh, he has a new album coming out, which I'm super excited about. And This month, I believe, too. Yes. Um, and I actually got a free preview of it because he posted something, you know, asking all of his the people that he knows that are filmmakers and editors if they wanted to make uh, a video for one of his songs. So, How cool So is that? I reached out to Jim and just said, hey, Jim, you know, I'd like to take a crack at one of your songs. Um, and he wasn't really looking, you know, I think he's looking more for like clips or like doing something unique where it doesn't have to be like a big production, but something like an editor could do. Um, so I came up with a concept uh, for one of his his, he has a song called School Dance that's coming out, and I think I'm doing the video for it. So I didn't even tell you about oh, it. You're perfect. That sounds perfect for you yeah, already. So the, the concept, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it has something to do with old uh, photographs, prom photographs from the 1980s. Of course it does. <laughs> so look for that, which would be really cool. So uh, if you guys don't follow Teal, uh, check him out. T, it's like three E's and an L. So T, three E's and an L. Hey, is... Uh, is- Hey, is Rat gonna be there and Damone and uh, <laughs> and Teen Wolf? That would be cool. No, it's not. Not it's yeah. It's I would that that's actually a cool concept, like movie pictures. But no, I, I went for uh, reality, like real stuff. So yeah. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah, yeah right. that's cool. So so Damone's not gonna be selling tickets in the back of the auditorium. No, I don't think so. <laughs> is that your little brother? He's a cute kid. <laughs> He's a cute kid. <laughs> oh man, I have to find that the picture Matt dressed up as Damone for Halloween one year. I got to find that picture, dude. And post oh, that it. was fun. that was great, dude. Yeah, that was fun, man. So Matt, what you know? It's been a couple months since we've recorded. What have you? Uh, what have you been watching or checking out? Anything cool like that you want to talk to our listeners about? I did catch up uh, with Happy Death Day. Finally, nice. What'd you think? Yeah, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It's yeah, it's it's like a fun, just you know, simple movie, you know, with a nice little little storyline, you know, characters that you can get into. I, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, you know, 
I just love the concept. It's so simple and uh, doesn't try anything, you know, so meta or anything crazy. Yeah. And uh, it delivers on the fun. It delivers on the scares. It's just, it's a really well-made movie. I really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I just watched it tonight with my son and his friend because his friend hadn't seen it yet. Um, and I have the Blu-ray. But the cool thing about the Blu-ray is I forgot, I remember hearing this on, I think, Shockwaves or something. There's an alternate ending on the Blu-ray. Um, and I watched it and it's really, it's amazing. Like how this was going to be the ending I heard and then they tested it and it was too dark and sad. So they cut it. Um, but if you could, if you have the Blu-ray, definitely check out the alternate ending. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to give that away here. are you? No, I'm not going to give it away. It's kind of fun to see it. All right. Um, but I, cool. I did just buy the mask, um, from some company in Japan, um, the baby face mask. Uh, so I'm super excited. I should be getting that soon. So. It's like the one little tooth there. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty legit because I've been looking on Amazon and Etsy and stuff, and the ones on there look crappy. And then I found this, this some company from Japan. They make it, um, and it looks like real screen accurate. So I'm super pumped. I can't wait to uh, get it, put my hoodie on, and you know, scare my wife. Awesome, you know, awesome, man. So what do you what do you got? What have you been watching? Um, let's see. Um, you know, this is one plug that I'm so excited. I've been plugging this the past few days with you, but I just re-signed up for Shutter. Uh, you know, the AMC uh, horror streaming service. Um, they have a show on there called The Core, and it's like my new favorite show. And I've just blew through all the episodes. I think there's like six or seven or eight episodes. Um, I blew through all of them within like three days. But it's like um, it's like a making of like horror movie show. Um, and it's hosted by this guy, Mickey, and they do like, it's like they do these scenes where they like act stuff out and then they have like, like a gore effect or some sort of effect. And then they analyze it and like show you how they did it with like an effects person. And then they interview all these like famous filmmakers and, you know, uh, screenwriters and it's dude, it's so good, man. I just, I wish you had shutter so you could check it out. Cause it's amazing. Well, I wish I had shutter too. So that, uh. You could shut up about it because uh, <laughs> you've been talking. You've been talking about nothing else. I know, dude. It's so good. Week. It's so good. It's it's great. But um, yeah. So that and then since I had Shutter, I finally I'd never seen the movie Demons, and uh, I was like, you know what? Let me give it a chance. I think I probably gave it up because I thought it was, you know, I know that it's like overdubbed, but I thought it was like uh, you know, they were speaking Italian or something. And I was like, eh, I can't get into this. But I put it on, and uh, I was really really happy with it. It was just fun, you know. It's just like a fun, gory movie. It was a lot of fun. I mean, the whole theater and just, it was awesome. It was a fun movie. I mean, back in the day, I saw it when I was literally like 12. Yeah. You know, it was one of those early, those early enter, you know, gateway films for me. And it was fun, like you said. Absolutely. No, it's good times. Um, and then, you know what I just watched last night? I was super excited to see that it was on Amazon Prime uh, was My Bloody Valentine 3D. Oh, man, I love that Dude, movie. this time of year, man, I'm getting ready. Like, I can't wait to whip out the Blu-rays and put in the original My Bloody Valentine and the movie Valentine. You know how I am about, like, film habits. I have to watch things certain times a year. So I'm, like, super pumped, man, to blow through all my, my, uh, my Valentine's Day movies, you know? Yeah, I got to do some 3D love. I think uh, our buddy Lorenzo just watched it for the first time, I believe. Yeah, he, Somebody... he posted that he had never seen it. So I was like, dude, you got to you gotta go, go do a double oh, feature. so much fun. Especially man. the original is like filmed in Canada. Isn't he from Canada? Oh, the original's fantastic. Oh, so good, dude. So good, you know? Yep. It's great. How about you? Anything else you've been checking out? 
No, I just want to get into this, man. Let's get into this. All right, this. dude. Let's do it, man. This is exciting. So we're going to do a top five, like we said, right? And yes, we are. then we'll talk about, you know, since they're, we, like we said, there's not a ton of, not as many kills as like the Friday the 13th movies, uh, you know, the series. There's definitely fewer because they're, like you said, they were kind of bigger production and bigger sort of, you know, bigger gags and kills and stuff. So they didn't have as many. So that's why we cut this list down to, to five. Um, but yes. we are, after we do our five, we are going to talk, uh, talk about our ones that sort of just missed our list, right? Absolutely, the bubble picks. Yep. Yes, so I'm super excited. This is uh, this is a long time coming, Maddie. You know. Oh, definitely, Mike. Let me uh, also front load this uh, before we start here. With I'm just going to read off a list of names here, sure. Because these are some of the uh, there's it's so it's so elaborate these these kills and and the people that are involved that I, that I know moment to moment even on the Friday episode we were kind of saying. You know, so-and-so did the effects on this. There's so many people involved with some of these kills that I'm just going to read a list of some people that were involved here and just, uh, just up in the front. So we can just kind of give credit where credit is. Good idea. Um, So just a few of the names uh, listed here for some of the special effects artists, Uh, Steve Johnson, have Christopher Biggs, Kevin Yeager, Screaming Mad George, Howard Berger, Mark Showstrom. And these aren't, uh, by the way, these aren't John Holmes's discarded porn names. These are actually some of the uh, brilliant makeup effects artists who helped etch their indelible mark onto this series. I mean, their artistry set a new, I can't even believe, high watermark for other artists to aspire to. There's even Catherine Fenton, Wendy Hogan, David B. Miller, David Mark, Bart Nixon, so many. So um, I just wanted to give them all a shout out. Yeah, no, like there's, like you said, there's so many people that worked on this that it's it's almost overwhelming to be able to like – as we talk about in effect, be like it, this person worked on it plus this person. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't just right. one person; it was like a whole team almost for each gag. You right. Know? So right, this person did the left arm. This one did the right, right. testicle. Like it's impossible. It, it's impossible. Yes, but very impressive. You know, um, I'd almost gather to say that I'm more impressed by some of the the kills in the Nightmare series than Friday the Thirteenth. What would you say? I would say as far as. Yeah, I mean, production and, and what they went through and what they did to create it, absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. So I'm excited. So let's get into it, Maddie. Who who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first right. since I'm so, uh, I'm so nice about that. Number five. Oh, number five is going to be Mark from Part 5, The Dream Child. Nice. So Mark, Mark is kind of like the already... By the way, this... this actor is not very good but um he's supposed to be watching alice and uh staying awake but as soon as he picks up uh, this nightmares from hell comic yes. on the floor as he's laying there with his comic spread all over the place you know he's dreaming and you know he's a, you also know he's a goner as soon as he picks that comic yep. up so this sequence probably sucked up half the budget of this entire film i'm thinking and it's, it's well worth it um, the comic shows, what's awesome is the comic shows everything that's transpired already in the film as he's flipping through it. It's everything you've seen already in the movie. And the last panel that's drawn is of Mark himself as he's sitting there right then reading the comic. Um, so Mark essentially turns into this dude, you know, the dude from the aha take on me video and, uh, bam, he's right into the comic dream world take where call me. <laughs> I'll be gone. <laughs> I mean, we know, um, so again, he's sucked into this world, and I love the stark contrast because Freddy is in this glorious black and white film, yeah. right? And then Mark, Mark is the only thing; he's in this full '80s fluorescent color, you know. Yep. 
So, um, you know, the whole building collapses where he is, um, like a warehouse type thing. And, you know, Mark turns into a comic book superhero. He turns around. I don't know if you remember that oh, scene. Oh, yeah. But no, I rewatched it. Yeah, he, he turns around and he, and he blasts Freddy with these, like, you know, two guns he's got at his side. And so, you know, he thinks he's a badass. It's like the turning point. And all of a sudden, Freddy just rises all buff. And he's now super Freddy. Do you remember yeah, this? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's amazing. So, um so now he just reaches out and basically slashes Mark, who's now like this paper version of himself. Yeah, he's like paper thin, right? He's like kind of flimsy. Yeah, he's paper yeah. thin. Exactly. And, and and all that, what's the coolest, one of the coolest parts here, all the color drains from the Mark figure, like, and just drips right onto the floor off, like, drips out of the paper figure yes. and then just like oozes onto the floor. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So then, it is amazing. And then Freddie proceeds to slash him to ribbons. <laughs> you know, he's just looking like Edward Scissorhands, like work on those ladies' hair, you know? Yep. Um. And Freddie goes, I told you, comic books was bad for you. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I mean, one of those great Freddie lines. Um, full of imagination, artistic flourishes, pure fun. I, I mean, I had to include this one. Mike. Yeah, no, it's a great one. It's very creative. You know what I mean? It's just, and I love, you know, we'll talk about it, but the great thing about Freddie's kills are they're all sort of based on the character and what they're, what they love and what they're inter- they're into. And it's almost like, be careful what you wish for, or what you want. Freddie's going to exploit it. Right. Oh yeah. And you see that sure. time and time again with the night nightmare series, which is awesome. You know? Yeah. And this is part five. So, I mean, they had to outdo part four, which really upped the ante from part three, yes. which we'll get into, you know, I mean, it just, it just, you know, on top of itself, fold keeps folding and folding. Absolutely. And they, and it's amazing by this time. You know, this movie's certainly not one of my favorites, part five, but there are some definitely great scenes. No, there. and that one is definitely, you know, that one stands out for sure. Oh, yeah. Told ya, comic books was bad for you. All right, so my number five, you know, we kind of had this discussion when we were talking about doing this list, and I was like, well, what's off limits, Maddie? Are we not doing you know, uh, Freddy versus Jason. And we sort of agreed not to, cause we didn't include that in our, our, our Friday the 13th kills. Right. Correct. But my question to you was, are we including the remake? And you said, yeah, it's, I guess it's game. You know what I mean? Because I know a lot of people hate this movie and I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't watch it until honestly this past October was the first time I saw it. It was it wow. was on AMC. You know when uh, you know Halloween the AMC has their like their horror series and they'll Fear Fest. Yeah, or Fear whatever, Fest. Yeah. But what they do is like they'll be like uh, you know this is the Halloween um, you know marathon and they just show all the Halloween movies back to back you know for like yep. forty eight hours. Well, they did the Nightmare series and it, I just like recording because it's kind of fun to watch them like on another TV. You know, I own everything on Blu Ray just as you know you probably own a lot of them too. But it's kind of fun to watch them on TV with the commercials because it's like Halloween commercials and stuff. So. I sat through the remake because I remember you said, no, it's terrible. And a bunch of other people told me, don't even bother. But I'm like, let me just check it out. And honestly, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's not, you know, it's just, it's very different and it's got a different feel. But I thought it was pretty good, you know, as far as. Well, you know what, dude? I know revisionist history here, like, right? I mean, I'm going to say right now, watching it again for a second time. Definitely has a rewatchable quality, and I definitely know that I unjudged it very, very harshly. Right. I, I, I unjustly judged it harshly because I, I just I do what I always do is I, I hold it against the original, yep. which it's not fair. It really isn't. No, and I you know I understand why you know most people and believe me. Before I watched it, I kind of even before I saw a frame, I was like, "There's no way I'm going to give this a shot because." 
you know, you can't remake an original. It's like when they remade Psycho, it's like, why bother? You know, it's like that same feeling. Well, for us, it's like when they made Halloween. You yeah, know? well, that's that's one I'll definitely never change my mind on. But anyway, I gave this one a chance and I liked it. But my, my number five kill is from this movie. Um, okay. And the one thing I loved, uh, remember how corny the original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is when uh, Nancy's mother dies at the end where they, they yes. drag that like god awful like dummy through the window? I yes. love how they took that with this one and they sort of turned it on his head a little bit. So uh, the great Connie Britton, who plays Nancy's mom in this movie, uh, she's oh, that's she's right. an awesome actress. Um, so American Horror Story. Yeah, exactly. She's in that. And a, she was in um, a Friday, Friday Night Lights, you know, a bunch of stuff. She's great. Um, yep. So, you know, in the original Nightmare, as I mentioned, Ronnie Blackley, the, uh, the uh, actress who plays Nancy's mom, I felt like she was such an over actress, you know, like in the whole movie, just very over dramatic and sort of annoying. Um, and I feel like Connie Britton does a way better job and a more real portrayal of a mom of a teenage girl who is going through something. So that's, you know, I definitely kind of like the way they took her character in this film. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, well, I, I think for, just from the sidebar, I think Ronnie Blakely in that film, I think the reason I think West did that on purpose, I think because to show you like how these kind of kids were on their own and had to figure this right. out because the parents were like basically these cartoonishly bad parents, right? Yeah, that's true. So I think that was kind of like, but I know, I see what you're saying though. Yeah, for sure. it's just more more realistic for for absolute certain. Yeah, absolutely. So so go ahead. we all know how the original ends. You know, like I said, it's like the false happy ending with Freddy pulling that really bad dummy of Nancy's mom through the glass of the front door. <laughs> I just love if you watch yeah. that in slow motion. It's so ridiculous because it's so obvious. Like this really bad, yes. you know, like inflatable dummy or something. Um, so in the remake, we get a way more intense, scarier version of the ending. And I almost didn't see it coming the first time I saw it. Um, so after like the long battle with Freddie, Nancy is now home with her mom you know, Nancy's battled and she's all banged up. Nancy's mom is really tired. She tells her, you know, why don't you go up to bed, go rest, you know, like you've been through enough. And as Nancy's mom is putting her keys down on the table by, by a mirror, which is behind her, she says to Nancy that she's glad that she's safe. And then all of a sudden they cut to the keys, a close up of the keys. And then all of a sudden they show Nancy's mom in front of the mirror again, but her reflection is now Freddie and it happens really quick. Then all yes. of a sudden Freddie like reaches through the mirror, you know, from like beyond the mirror and his blades is, of his hand go right through Connie Britton's eyes. Um, and it's such like, it happens so quick. It's such like a great jump scare. And it's, it's like, yeah, it's jarring. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, jarring. if you go back and watch it, you, you see him in the reflection, but if you're not really, really focused, you don't even know it's him. And then it's too late as his knives are through her eyes. Um, it's uh, it really just, just kind of startled me. You know what I mean? Um, yes, and, for sure. And I thought it was like a super creative kill. And, you know, even even it's with the remake that definitely has some problems and it's not as exciting as the original and it doesn't have the nostalgia factor. Um, I thought it was like a really good kill, you know what I mean? And a great way to end that movie, you know, which is which was kind of a dud, I feel like, in the original, you know? Four, I have a feeling we're going to be maybe hearing about this, uh, but my number four is Philip from the Dream Warriors Part Ooh, Three. Yes. So uh, this scene, we're going to uh, be talking about this. I have a feeling uh, 
at a later date in time as well. Yes. When we do something, when we do something else, oh, we'll announce the, uh, that. With, we'll announce that at the end of this episode. We'll, we'll get yes. there. So I love this scene. Is just it begins with like this faceless marionette that's hanging on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. And it morphs into Freddy's face. And I love how Freddy seems more gleeful than menacing. You know, as his little claymation ass cuts itself down off the wall and. Um, Philip and Kincaid's room there and this is like the Wallace and Gromit Freddy moment of the series you know (laughs) (laughs) so I could just see the producers going you know what let's do Jason and the Argonauts let's ramp up the Harryhausen factor you know so and it reminds me a lot like you know Clash of the Titans and the Harryhausen stuff you know so to me ultimately this scene embodies what I call um, I call it the brackish moment so brackish is like where salt and freshwater mix and I think this is where I get that from and for this is that it, it, this is kind of where like the new, the old Nightmare on Elm Street movie and the new Nightmare on Elm Street movie like coexist in this scene. Right. It straddles both worlds, a terrifyingly real and scary and the old world and the imaginative, hyper-stylized, fantastical new world that's being ushered in like in this film, essentially. Yep. Um, this is the birth of the second wave of Nightmare on Elm Street and um, the budgets grew from here and the, the death scenes became, you know, these elaborate, like I said before, these elaborate set pieces. But few scenes in the Nightmare on Elm Street canon have done it better than this. Like as Freddy rises to his full height, he wastes little time like inflicting his painful reality right on Philip. He's slashing and gashing. And we don't quite know exactly, you know, we see the cuts and, you know, when you finally see them, the merely suggestive becomes, you know, this bloody and visceral scene. We know what's coming next, but, you know, we just, how far is it going to go? You know, Mike, like I just never knew like, are they, okay, they just did that. All right, they did that. Now, where is this going? And uh, Philip stands at attention, and he oh. begins his begins his uh, stroll, as King K called. Have a nice stroll, yeah. asshole. <laughs> and he goes goes back to sleep. <laughs> King K just worried about rest, man. He, he's he, you know he's freaking out during the day, so he he needs his rest. So he keeps strolling right down the endless hallway. Right, he keeps going past the night nurse. He goes through the door in that one scene, and he goes all the way up to the top ledge of the upper floor of the hospital. And everybody's screaming at him from below, you know, and. Freddy cuts his strings and then down goes Philip, man, all the friggin' way down. <laughs> Number four, um, I'm kind of going backwards from uh, from the remake, working my way back slowly. But my number four is Carlos's death from Nightmare uh, from Freddy's Dead, Nightmare Six, the final ne- you, final man. nightmare. Yeah, um, and like I said, I went through all of these in October just because uh, they were. What, Mike? What? What's your number four? My number four is Carlos's death from what? I can't hear you. What? <laughs> Dude, it took me a second. <laughs> oh, I should have caught on to that, dude. You sorry, man. I, I had a, I had a, oh. I have a Q-tip saver shoved oh, through my, my head. God. I'm sorry, I, I, I couldn't. So, hear dude, what, what's with horror franchises, especially Nightmare on Elm Street, like killing off disabled people? You know, like, uh, you know, first we just like, <laughs> yeah, like Freddy Two, like, uh, like Friday Two with the with. Yeah, Mark I was just gonna say. First, we had Mark in his wheelchair, you know, and uh, now we have Carlos, a poor guy. Living, you know, in the early '90s with a hearing problem, you know, like. <laughs> well, no, Mike. Who has the bigger? Who has the bigger problem? The people that made these films, or you and I, who are picking know, these as our favorite kills, dude? Yeah, I know. Let's analyze. Maddie, Let's analyze. Yeah, who's this. worse, right? Oh my gosh. Holy shit, dude. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> at one at one point, um, Carlos loses his hearing aid in uh, in Freddy's dream world, of course. And he's yep. frantic, frantically looking for it so he can hear again. 
Um, and I love he's screaming like, give me my hearing back. Like he's just screaming and it's just messed up. Um, it is. Man. And, you know, Freddie is happy to give it back. So he drops like Freddie's up on like a like a ledge or a balcony or something. And he drops yes. he drops his hearing aid uh, from the balcony. And Carlos desperately chases it and almost like falls to the next level down. And he gets it right before it falls. So he's so excited. He puts it in. He shoves it in his ear and he's like relieved. Right. Um, yep. And then all of a sudden it turns into like this, like it looks like a bug or something, right? It like attaches, like it like molds yes, to his exactly. ear and he's like, you know, exactly, Carlos yeah. is in pain. He's like, oh, um, so, it, so now it's like super, super magnified. Yeah. Now right? it's like this like crazy Uber, like, um, you know, uh, hearing aid. So he hears everything amplified, like so intently. Right. Um, so yep. any little noise, like I think there's like a like a faucet dripping and it's driving him so nuts that he has to run and like turn it off. And it's really clever with the sound design, what they did with this, you know, this whole scene because Absolutely. they just made everything really loud. Um, so I love Freddie, of course, you know, he's got to mess with him a little bit before he kills him. He he takes out a pin from his balcony. Yeah, the one one single yeah, pin. Yeah, and he drops it and Carlos listens to it falling and it's like so loud. Yeah, and it is. It's great. oh my god, and he catches it, right? And Carlos is like, "Oh, thank God, you know, I caught it before it hit the ground." Um, so, the, <laughs> so Freddie must have went to like Staples or somewhere because all of a sudden he pulls out a handful of pins. Well, it is a dream, so... <laughs> it's true. He can do whatever he wants. Um, so, you know, of course, Carlos can't catch all of these, but, you know, Freddy drops all of the pins, and, you know, you know what's going to happen. They hit the, the metal floor, and it sounds like a bunch of tools are, like, smacking on the floor, you know, as loud as possible. Yeah, this is classic, man. I mean, I, you know, it, go ahead. I'm finished. No, no, it's good. It's just like I love this, the building of this 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 kill. It's great. So, um, so. Carlos catches up with Freddy. He's kind of like running around to try to figure out how to stop this, you know, from this crazy noise. Um, and then I love Freddy just like kind of like is holding this small little cool blackboard. And oh yes. he, he magically like pulls it and makes it really big. You know, it's just kind of funny. It's just like <laughs> can stretch this this little chalkboard and make it into a big one. Um, oh, classic. And then, of course, you know, what's what does Freddy have on his hand? He has these awesome knives. So he scratches the chalkboard, you know, the awful noise that a chalkboard makes when you kind of scrape on it. Um, and, of course, it's as loud as hell. So it's driving Carlos insane. Um, and the pain is so humongous until right. like Freddie's almost like it, like a, like an orgasm. He's just like, going, rah, 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 rah. he's scratching back and forth. <laughs> and then he goes so much and he does one last one and Carlos's head just explodes. Dude, it's the best. Yeah, man. It, it's, what oh ending. my God, it's so good. But this is like, you know, this is way into when Freddie was an icon and it was more of like, he was like a comedy kind of, uh, you know, a monster. Um, and this scene just always made me laugh, but it was still, you know, a little scary when I was younger, but, um, what a great, what a great creative build to a, to a kill, you know? Oh, dude. So, I mean, I, first of all, <laughs> it, it really, really great pick. Really Thanks. one of the more creative kills in the whole series. Yeah, for no, sure. I liked it. And definitely. in this film, I don't enjoy it. No, all it's not day. a great film, but but I, um, but that that's it. Almost makes it single handedly worth it just to watch this one sequence. Yeah, and and how Nightmare you know uses you know the series itself. They always use those puns, you know, like you know you could hear a pin drop. So of course he's he's got a handful of pins, yeah. you know, <laughs> and to use that pun and turn it on its head into oh, something hilariously so funny. funny. And then the chalkboard. I mean, how? I mean, it's like anybody who's not a millennial would understand, you know, 
and went to Catholic school would understand that joke probably more than other people. Oh, yeah, because it used to happen. You know, the, the chalk right. would just scrape a certain way or it wasn't like yeah. worn down enough and everyone would be like, oh, God, you know. I mean, hell, I had nuns that would do it on purpose and make those sounds so that we would annoy <laughs> us so we'd pay attention, you know. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> Nice hearing from you, Carlos. Number three. Number three. So I have number three comes from part four, the Dream Master, and it's Debbie. Oh, nice. Debbie, Debbie the health nut. You know, this is this is you know, in a in a film full of unbelievably rich, creative, artistic kills. This is the centerpiece of this entire film, I feel like. Um, you know, she's working out, she's lifting weights as um, what's her name? The main character. God, I can't remember her name I now. I can't think, but and, they're and like... Her, oh, Alice. Alice and Dan. They're like stuck the, in like a time warp or something, right? Like exactly. A loop. They're looping. Yep, they're stuck in an endless loop where she keeps running around the side of that store and ended up in the truck. We gotta go. Okay. And um, so she puts on the Sinead Ocon song. Put him on, put him on, put him on me. Put him on, put him on, put him on me. It's freaking crack classic. Uh, sounds like Prince wrote it for sure. Yeah. I don't know. He, he I think he has an uncredited he song, might. right? For sure yeah. on this song. But the coolest shot, man, as she, as she lifts the barbell like the second or third oh. time, you could see his Freddie's face reflected on the side of that silver weight. Yes, beautiful. And then, um, and then he's Debbie's spotter, and she tries oh my to, God. she tries to, you know, and she's trying to prevent him from pushing the bar down and crushing her. And he's like, "No pain, no oh, gain," and her, and her arms tear oh, open at the elbow. It's so disturbing. And then her forearms just fall right off oh. as in these, as these. Pro, you know, these pro thoracic uh, legs sprout out in their place, oh. you know. So now she has these enormous jointed legs sticking out of her, you know, her shoulders as well. Um, you know, meanwhile, we said, you know, Alice and Dan are circling in this endless loop. Yep. And Debbie realizes that she's in a roach motel of sorts. Yes. Um, so she, then she fucking face plants into the sticky oh, substance that, coat, the that coats the bottom, you know, the trapping yep. agent, if you will. And then her, and then her face slides off. And she's she's just completely this insect roach creature now, yeah. um, and Freddie's enormous eye is peeking in the side as he utters the words that our generation and uh, probably the one before knows so well from the uh, Roach Motel's fancy you know package and the super aggressive commercial and ad campaigns. You could check in, but you can't it's check so out. Remember that? The, yep. you know, yeah. So of course they take that, and Freddie finishes by crushing the motel in his hand. Uh, you know, as a vomitous, disgusting liquid oh, spews out the side. So gross. So Screaming Mad George actually is responsible for this sequence as far as like organizing the effects and, and kind of, you know, almost conducting it, I, I would call right. it. Um, and this death sequence ups the ante again. Like I said, pretty much established in the Philip sequence in Dream Warriors. This ups the ante to, to another, another echelon completely. Um, and it raises the bar, no pun intended, <laughs> to, uh, to new artistic heights and sick it's giddy it's just flat out oh it's it's like it's got to be one of their bigger set pieces and like another great build to a great kill you know what i mean it's it's an awesome pick i love it no pain no gain so my number three maddie uh now we're getting we're getting good here put him on mike mike Put it on, put it on, put it on, man. <laughs> Give me your number three, All Mike. Right. Well, now we're getting... I'm slowly working down, dude. So now we're getting into some good territory here. 
my number three comes from number three from Dream Warriors. Uh, it's Jennifer's death in uh, Jennifer. Oh, so I love this kill so much. So Jennifer is like the original binge watcher. You know, she sits on the couch and smokes her cigarettes. She watches her favorite shows, including Dick Cavett, while she puts out the very cigs that she is smoking onto her arm to stay awake, which is. Great. And I wonder if she's if she's doing it to to avoid. Not dreaming about Freddie or because she's so addicted to television like yeah straddles that line you know what I well, mean you know what I I kind of like never realized but I kind of put it together most of these kids in in Weston Hills psych- psychiatric hospital are children of the parents that killed Freddie right. right still going with yeah that, yeah. Right, this yeah so Jennifer is one of those those kids right so the only right. reason she's in Weston Hills is because she she thinks that Freddie's trying to to kill her when you know in reality it looks like she's trying to kill herself so that's why they kind of shoved her in there it's it's pretty genius no it is it's it's clever um so you know maybe your parents are to blame uh because they were one of the parents who killed Freddie back in 1968 right isn't that the year that they all killed him I think is that is that I it think, I think so yeah um, she's like she's like the dude from Dream. Remember that old TV show on HBO, Dream On. He's a kid who just sits in front of the TV and soaks up all the references. Yes, totally, endlessly. That's like the truth. She reminds yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. That was like me as a kid so go too. Ahead. But um, so you know, but as a fan, Jennifer's demise is one of the best kills, not only in Nightmare on Elm Street history, but dare I say, in horror history. Um, wow. I, I really, really enjoy this one a lot. So you do dare. <laughs> So Freddie loves to play on our hopes and dreams and all and all poor Jennifer wanted was to be a TV star, right? She always talked about, I'm going to go to Hollywood after I get out of here. So yep. as she sits watching TV, trying to stay awake, Freddie takes over as she drips off and she's watching Dick, Dick Cavett, as I said. Dick Cavett is interviewing Zsa Zsa Gabor. Remember Zsa Zsa Gabor? Zsa Zsa. <laughs> so Dick turns into Freddie. And Zsa or Zsa Zsa, right? It's it's Zsa Zsa. Thank you. Zsa Zsa gets what's coming to her. So Jennifer sees this, and then the TV kind of like cuts off, right? It like goes to static for a second. Jennifer stands right. up and walks towards the TV. Um, so, Mike, by the way, there's so many puns in what you just said. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> I mean, you'll hear it later. But you're talking about uh, you're talking about a guy named Dick, yes. and she gets what she's coming. Keep uh, yeah, going, yeah, keep that's, going. that's kind of the point here, Maddie. But anyway, all right. <laughs> So Jennifer stands and walks towards the TV. D- don't do it, Jennifer. You know that's what everyone's screaming at the at the at the movie screen at this point. Then <laughs> Freddie's head comes out of the top of the TV, right between the antennas. Remember antennas, Maddie? So so oh my genius. God. And picks Jennifer up, and he's holding her like her head. Um, and he gives one of the best lines I feel like in Elm Street movie history. Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> Oh man! Come on, Manny! Mic drop, boom! Awesome! It's, it's mic dro- total just mic drop. Awesome! Right I love it, dude. This is like one of the this. I love this movie so much. You know, we both do. But uh, that kill, you gotta you gotta admit, Manny, it's pretty it's pretty uh pretty tremendous. So, Mike, I'm thinking this this is at number three. I mean, what you just talked here, you talked up one of the you said one of the best kills in horror films ever. And it's number three, so I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going to be above this. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I you know I, I really really enjoy this one, and I think I put it three maybe because it's part three. I don't know, but anyway, we'll we'll figure it out. So anyway, you know what's cool though is that I've seen this film, I've seen the 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 movie, The Dream Warriors, uh, Nightmare Three about a million times, you know, thir- <laughs> you know, thirty or forty times more than that. Seen, You've seen it more than that. Well. 
Maybe. I mean, but but I've seen this sequence probably four times as much as that because when I used to have the the, the tape, I used to just rewind oh. and like literally watch this scene over and over again. It's great. And the effects are great just, too, right? Like I feel like, they you are. know, it definitely holds up. When Freddy's head comes out of the TV, you can definitely tell it's like a model. It's not like, you know, but it, it I think it looks really, really good. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. All right, so my number two is we're going original NOES here. We are going Tina. Oh. <laughs> dude. So that whole sequence, dude, is terrific. Oh, I mean, the way dude. you talk the the way you talk about the Jennifer scene. I mean, this this scene, just so cinematic and just the word perfect. It doesn't even match it. I wish there was a word that meant more than perfect because that's what this is. First of all, the suspense. It's just so damn quiet when she steps outside oh. in the sequence. It's so quiet and like the night is like punctured by this gravelly sound of someone, you know, calling her Tina. And just hear it like low at first, and then the garbage can lid rolls toward her, and we see that enormous. Shadow of Freddy, you know, with the elongated oh arms. Oh my god, so cool! And uh, you know, she whirls around, and you know, he's still shrouded in darkness. He doesn't reveal himself; like he doesn't. That's what's so great about it. He's just—he's always hiding in this darkness or these shadows. You, they don't want to show you, and they tease him like so many times. Right. Um, and you know, the elongated arms, dude. It is cartoonish, and yet somehow. It's like those arms could just reach just far enough to grab your heart and stop it cold in your chest. But that scared the shit out of me, dude. That scene oh with the God. arms scared me so Tell much me when I was it. a kid. I'm telling you, dude. Like the first of hundreds of classic by now, Freddie lines. When she <laughs> he goes, he holds his glove up and he goes, "This is God." Oh my God. Oh, I was just chilling as you can, you know, finally glimpse. That's that's when you kind of first see his horrifying face. Like full on, absolutely. You know, like crazy handheld camera work as she's running. Um, you know, and, and you feel like you're running for your life, um, trying to escape this nightmare. She, you know, she peels his face oh. off, and then as if we haven't seen enough, Mike. As if you know, could have stopped there, and I, I would be half dead from from fright. <laughs> then the night, what I call the nightmare ballet death scene, oh. um, the most prodigiously intense sequence ever filmed dare i say ever filmed in a horror <laughs> film outside of the exorcist I'm, I'm calling it this is one of the greatest like executed scenes so her screams are terrifying enough mike but when a buff dude like rod yeah. is reduced to his to his own pitiful guttural yelling of Tina, Tina, oh as she's sliding up the oh, wall so onto the ceiling up. oh with her blood just smearing the patterned wallpaper in her wake oh my god just please i'll just like make it stop i know it's awful and then the gore in the room as she lands finally onto the bed and a pool of blood drenches Rod is like this horrible splashing sound echoes across the room. I mean, this film's just getting started, Mike, and I'm I, I'm emotionally exhausted. This is this is perfection, this scene. Perfection. It's crazy. It's it's And this is only number two. I, it's unbelievable. The uh this is like the movie that, you know, like my son is really into horror movies now, so we'll watch certain things. Like we watch Happy Death Day and you know, but this is a movie that I can't let him watch yet because it's just too much, right? It's just like this movie. I would, I wouldn't go ooh, there yet. Yeah, man. it's I, I, I it's it's awful. You know, some of the scenes are so real and so terrifying. You know, it's 
it's just like a, that is that you didn't you nailed it dude and that that it's the real it's the realness like they set these characters up right you know them they're like your buddies they're people you know in high school they're people you know everyday people yep. and the it's just um, and, and the kills are just so like oh oof. there's no there's yeah, no one. humor to it at all you know no not not this one no, no it's amazing how the series sort of changed and turned you know and 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 the uh, the equal the equal uh, scene in in the in the remake the one of Chris yes. it doesn't it doesn't even it doesn't hold up to this one at no, all no no that's definitely not even close different for sure not even close <laughs> please God this is God so my number two is also from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. Nice. And it's uh, our buddy Johnny Depp playing Glenn, his death scene. Glenn. Yes. So, um, you know, when I was a kid, my favorite thing to do was fall asleep watching TV. I used to just love it. I That was like... But, but let me ask yes. you a question, Mike. Yes. When you fell asleep, mm-hmm. did you have a 30-pound thing perched on your balls <laughs> when you fell asleep? Because that's that's where Glenn has his TV. No, but you know what's perched funny? On his fucking sack. I have one of those TVs still. You know the orange TV I have up in the podcast yes. room? It's like that yep. exact TV, pretty much. It's not orange, but it's like that same TV, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, you put that thing right in your junk, right when you slept. You just po- you perched it. Right it's on like top it's there, like right? that's like the uh, it's like the eighties version of the iPad, right? You could like watch movies oh on your God. iPad. He's watching movies with a TV on his lap. Um, oh. oh my God! So I remember, you know, watching my favorite show, like Amazing Stories or something like that, and then you know, passing out, and then magically I'd end up in my bed. You know, my parents would carry me upstairs. You know, not when I was a teenager, but when I was a young kid. You know, I was gonna say, dude, what, that that's pretty yeah. odd if your parents ca- <laughs> doing the fireman's carry up. No, your no, long no, 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 no. This is when I was, this is when I was young, young. But anyway, um, but I, you know, from that moment, I would always love, even down in my basement, I would love just putting on a movie and just passing out, even to this day. Like, you know, my wife will be watching TV downstairs. I love going up to our bedroom and I'll just put on something and then fall asleep to it. You know, it's just kind of nice. It's it's just relaxing to me, you know. But Glenn wasn't Glenn wasn't so lucky, though, Mike. No, yes. Finish. But I rem- you always remember hearing that song at midnight. You remember that song when like uh, at, the, at midnight when the, the broadcast day was over and you'd hear that song? guys type of well, yeah that's what i was gonna say so uh, you know there was that song that always played at midnight but there yep. were two movies that always made this harmless song a super scary song and poltergeist was one you know because that's kind of sure. how the start of the movie happens right that's like where the big genius yeah genius. that's where the big you know the big moment comes where you know the ghost starts speaking through the tv but that song but then also that's what glenn is happening to glenn he's listening to this song it must be midnight, and this song comes on, and then all of a sudden, you know, here comes Freddie. So, well, initially, initially he has his headphones on too, and his mom yells at him right when she first yes, comes in. Yes, that's true. Because he, he's double, he's doing double duty. He's got his headphones on. Yeah, which I think he is. I think he is TV. when he gets killed too. I think he's got his headphones on. Um, Who knows what he's listening? Yeah. To. So I know. You know, I know what I actually do know. What he's listening to? What? Put him on. Put him on. Put him on. Man. <laughs> song no, wasn't out not. yet. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Good. Um. So, you know, Glenn liked to fall asleep watching TV just like me. And I love how he falls asleep with the TV on his stomach like we talked about. It was just crazy. Um, And I I guess his mom never told him that sitting too close to TV was bad. Um, But, you know, that song that's playing as he falls asleep. And then all of a sudden, Freddie's hand comes out from the bed and pulls him into the bed. 
Hey, jerk. Sleep kills. <laughs> Dude, I love this effect. It's so cool. It's like, you know, Ugh. they had a hole in the bed, I guess, you know, and they pulled him in. But he gets pulled into the bed. Like, and if it wasn't bad enough, the TV and the stereo gets pulled in, too. He's got the TV <laughs> in his lap. That goes in. And then all of a sudden, he's listening to music from his big stereo. Not, you know, this isn't like today's where you listen to music on your iPhone. He's got like a huge console stereo, and it gets dragged into the bed. Uh, it's so yeah, great. So, it's so great. But So he's probably killed from the weight alone from his quick. That's pre- right? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Or he gets bonked in the head by a stereo as he's going in. There's a scene that they intercut with Nancy and she knows that he's dying, right? She kind of knows like he's got to be dying. So is that when her mom's talking to her in the background and she's just screaming his name? Well, like she's part? screaming his name, but the best is if you look closely, you see Nancy's mom passed out on the couch and she's, oh, yeah, she's yeah. just like hitting the, the couch cushion with her arm. Like, shut up. <laughs> it's so great, dude. If you got to watch it again, dude, it's so funny. That's right. Cause she's bought, she's got the bottle. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's it. She's, she's drunk, on yeah. the couch with the bottle and she's like hitting the couch right. cushions as Nancy's screaming at the top of her lungs. She won't even wake up, dude. It's so great. Um, it's really funny, but anyway, so that's, you know, you think that's traumatic enough, he gets pulled through the couch, then all of a sudden, the blood starts shooting out from inside the couch, it's crazy. Dude, this scene, doesn't it rival, like, The Shining with the blood coming down the stairs in the hall, it reminded me of that. Oh my god, dude, it's insane, it's crazy, so the blood just shoots out like a fire hose, oh, yeah, it's so unbelievable, um, it's such a cool effect, and I love the behind the scenes, you know, like, they, they did this in a rotating room. Uh, you know where the room's rotating and the blood's like like dripping on the on the on the ceiling walls and then it's like pouring air elsewhere. Right. So Glenn's mom comes in and sees this and she's freaking out. You know it's it's just so traumatic and and crazy for her. But the worst part is then Glenn's body comes up from the bed. I know, and he's like, it's it's so disturbing to see because he's almost like like he's wrapped in the sheet, right? He's like in case the sheet's like stuck to his right. face, almost. But he's like like, like, like bubble wrap. Yes, he's like bubble wrap. But he's like limp. You know what I mean? He's like being held yeah. up in the air, and he's like limp. It's oh, it's so disturbing. Then he just like gets tossed down. But um, just seeing just the effects itself and how it built into just the small thing of him being pulled through the bed, but then all of a sudden the blood and oh, it's just it's crazy, man, unbelievable. It's. It is. I mean, and you know, listen. The lesson learned here, you know, when when your when your beautiful girlfriend with, with her wisp, her large wisp of gray hair from being up for seven days, <laughs> tell, tells you whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Um, I don't think I would lay down on my comfy bed, right. surrounded by pillows, with my headphones and TV on, because that's a surefire way to fucking fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, I agree, Maddie. I agree, um, <laughs> Mike. Not for nothing, but um, the. the the immediately following this kill is the is I've never noticed this. It's subtle, but I ne- I swear to God, it just is the first time I've ever noticed. And I've seen this movie thirty times, but the the ambulance pulls up and the EMTs hop out. Yeah, and and they're going with the they're they're running the stretcher inside, and the cop that's right there in the driveway goes, "You won't need a stretcher up there. You'll need a mop." Oh my God! Did did you hear? Did you hear? Did you did you pay attention to that no. line? No. Dude, it's fucking brilliant. Wow. But I never even knew it was there. He's like, you won't need a stretcher up there. You'll need a mop. Holy shit. I'm like, oh my God. Dude, it's it's powerful. You're like, it, it's like, where did this come Dude, from? That's insane. That's nuts. Stop! 
is my number one. Now, Tina probably could easily be my number one, as could any of these, really. Um, Philip and, you know, as well. But my number one is my number one because I actually saw part two before I saw part ah. one. Ah. Um, yeah, so I definitely saw Nightmare 2 first. And um, that school bus, man. Every time I saw a school Oof. bus when I was... And I, did, I, I wasn't a bus rider. I did not take the school bus. But every time I saw the school bus, I fully expected Freddy to be driving yeah. every time the doors opened. Um, so Ron Grady from Nightmare 2 is my number one Ooh, pick. good one, dude. Not too many kills in this film overall. No. There's not a plethora of death in this in this movie. And there's certainly no elaborate setups. Um, and then you get to Grady's death scene. Um, what what a friggin' setup. I mean, Jesse's sleeping over, remember Yes, this? yeah, I totally do. And it's and it's so funny because from the beginning of the scene, you're like, okay, so Ron's a basically he's a he's a bully, but now he's sleeping <laughs> over his house. So I guess they're strangely friends. It's a very strange relationship. It is. It's very weird. And didn't he like just his girlfriend wanted him to sleep over or something, and he was like, "No, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly." Uh, yeah, I'd rather sleep over Grady's yeah. house, and I know why because when you when you when you see Jesse falling asleep, you're looking at Grady. He's he, he's you know got a, this like cut cuts a nice little figure. And he's watching his TV half-heartedly. You yep. know, he's got this nice little TV, this nice, beautiful bedroom. And he's laying down to go to sleep on like his fucking 800 thread count sheets. <laughs> so listen, I, I mentioned foreshadowing a lot on this podcast. I know I yes. do. Um, but Grady, when he pulls his black comforter over his body, Mike, it looks like he's, he's zipping himself up into a body bag, oh, I swear God. to God. I'm not even kidding you. Go back and watch that scene. Oh. It looks like he's literally putting himself into a body oh bag. Oh my gosh! If that's if that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. But uh, this whole sequence, I got to give it up for um, what's his name, Jack Shoulder. Is that the director's name? I think he did. So. Who did Alone in the Dark? Yes, he did Alone yes. in the Dark. He did this film, and um, listen, the clue is right there. He's zipping himself into a body bag. You know what's coming. So um, back to the setup. So Jesse jolts awake, and he start and he starts moaning, um, and then you hear Grady's voice fuck's wrong with you dude <laughs> and these knives shoot out of jesse's fingers and then skin peels away and that half jesse half freddy guttural scream do you remember like yeah. dude it's so disturbing and then freddy literally comes out of jesse's midsection oh um and just and what does grady do he starts screaming for his dad who wouldn't yeah right? exactly fucking fucking pounding on the door and that's when freddy rises up to full height like just no hat on, and then he kind of fills the whole frame. It's just a great shot oh my God. Um, as he rises yeah. up. We're like almost an hour in here, and up to this point, you know, not like I said, not many people have eaten it here. Um, and then outside the door, Grady's dad and mom, they show up, right? Yep. And then Freddie pops his hat on you know, ever so slowly and just casually, and, you know, with this most malicious smile that he's ever smiled, I think, in any of the other films. The music's rising, and then it's, the violins and the score, they're right out of, like, Burnt Offerings or The Sentinel or some 70s film. They start yelling and crying out and pinching, and, and oh, it's nasty. And then Dad starts pounding on the door and with more urgency, and then Freddy grabs Grady's neck. Dude, it's just like this big sequence. It just keeps building and yes. building and building. You're like, okay, so obviously he's going to die, but then you're expecting this horrific scene, and instead what you get is that awesomely amazing shot from outside the bedroom as Freddy's knives explode through oh. the door, right? And, f- and they're all filled with Grady's blood. Oh, dude, it's so clever. I oh. love that effect. Eerie, man. The blood, and, it's, and the blood's pumping through the little newly opened slits in the door. The, it starts pumping and oh. pulsing. Oh, it's nasty. About this, man. The way it's built, the the, the worst part, the helplessness. The parents are there, and they can't do a goddamn thing to help him. 
Yeah, they're right outside um, the door. They're that close. They're right there. You know what I mean? It's it's. It just deeply affected me, man. This scene just messed me up. I gotta say. Yeah, it's funny. I never never was into part two, but you know that's another one that I revisited and sort of got into a little more. You know what I mean? I could appreciate it. Um, as far as what they were trying to do, you know, is is like almost like Freddie was taking over this boy, you know, and and how I've always had a fondness for it, always because I saw it first, and I think that really uh, this was my introduction into the Nightmare on Street world. So I think that's why. I kind of have that, you know, affinity for and it. And I like how they made it in a male figure instead of a female figure is like your final girl, you know, your final boy per se, you know? Right. It was definitely cool. Yeah. No, and I, I, the relationship, I know all the, the homoerotic undertones and stuff, but you know, the, I love the, the friend relationship with him and Grady. You know what I mean? It just had like a, Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's cool. It's got a good vibe to it. When they're doing like the push ups together yeah, and stuff. It's just, it's, just, it's yeah. cool. You know, it's good. Yeah, I I, lo- I I really do. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, it's good, man. You know, it'd be great instead of Freddy if it was like Lisa from like Weird Science, S- since that actor <laughs> plays Grady's in it. Weird Science. Exactly. Lisa. Yeah, he is. It'd be awesome. How much longer do you think he's gonna keep us out here? It could be all night. The guy gets his rocks off like this, hangs around queer S and M joints down. It's my number one uh, was your number what three or four, Philip? Four. Yeah, so my my Philip was mine just because you know, Dream Warriors was always my favorite out of the Nightmare series, as is most people. You know what I mean? It's just one I think that a lot of people gravitate towards because it's got so much going for it. You know? Yeah, great pick, man. Great pick. But uh, you know, I'll just say a few things since you've kind of talked about it a lot. But you know, I just love the innocence of the marionettes. You know what I mean? And it's like the scene is so cringeworthy for me. Um, and as a kid, it was really hard for me to watch. It was one of those scenes that I, I couldn't watch all the way through. I'd watch it in pieces, you know, cause it was just yep. so disturbing to see, you know? Um, so, you know, if all Philip liked to do is make marionettes and sleepwalk. Um, so I guess he got the best of both worlds when Freddie got a hold of him because he got to do both. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wanted to ask you, what was worse for you seeing the veins coming out of Philip's arms and legs or watching him being pulled and like, you know, walking down the, down the hall by Freddie? I don't know. I think the pulling part, I guess the pulling. pulling, Yeah. When those those veins come out for me, man, that was, that was awful. The feet. Oh, Oh, dude. It's so disgusting. And the effect looks so good. You know, as far as that's all practical, man, that's amazing stuff. You know, it looks really, really good. This is like a scene that people should 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 watch to be like as an argument of, you know, practical is, is the way to go, you know? Oh, yeah, man. This is it was it was just just fantastic. I mean, like I said, it was my number four, Mike, but it easily could have, you know, been two. or Yeah, one. totally. And, you know, the tower that Philip is tossed off by Freddie. Yes. Does that look familiar to you at all? Is it the University of something? Is well, it, uh... I think it's UCLA, and I'm pretty sure it's it's seen of uh, in a bunch of horror films. But one of them that you will know very well is Scream Two. Oh yeah! For so sure. if you watch Scream Two, you'll see that tower again, which is kind of cool. Like, I mean, great, great pick. But uh, since since I am, um, you know, nibbling the nourishing nipple of nostalgia, <laughs> I, I had to go. I had to go back a little further. <laughs> it's it's all good. Uh, it's it's a good one. So you know you talked about it a bunch. So I'll I'll end it there. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, that's uh that's my number one, and I'm super psyched. Philip, Philip. <laughs> the kid with the glasses. Yes. With the kid from- oh my God, he's like uh, Harry Potter. Philip, oh. Don't do it, Philip. Don't stop. Philip, 
It's great. What a great movie that is, you know? Oh, oh And yeah. speaking of, Matty, you want to announce what our next commentary uh, podcast is going to be? Yeah, surprise, surprise. Our, uh, we are venturing into the to another commentary, and it's going to be The Dream the dream warrior yes commentary. super excited you know this is dream <laughs> this is one that we've been talking about for a while i think when we first started doing commentaries we were like we have to do dream warriors at some point um so we're gonna try to have it come out right around the time of the anniversary which i think is like february 25th or 26th i can't remember the actual date it's right around there yeah. yeah i believe so so for the anniversary we're gonna we're gonna give you guys a commentary so we're super excited about that which will be super fun you know oh yeah let's do it let's, let's get into our honorable mentions mikey and yeah. wrap this beautiful beautiful package up. so go ahead real quick maddie what are some of yours that you'd like to just touch on well we talked about some of mine i talked about carlos mm-hmm. uh from freddy's dead and glenn was actually one of my uh honorable mentions yep. As was even Rod from part one was really cr- clever with the the way he was in the in the jail with the oh yeah, yeah yeah when he gets hung yep totally so simple and so effective I love that yep. um I think that's like I said it's nothing elaborate but it's definitely um, a really cool kill yeah. I love and Taryn I, that was one of mine we'll talk, too yeah we'll talk about that too with with the hyperdermic needles let's um, get high <laughs> yes. we will definitely get into yes that. totally. Um, so another one I really, really like, Mike, and I'm, uh, there's two more I have here. Uh, one was Sheila, the asthmatic girl from Part 4 of the Dream Master. Love this one. Oh, which one was she's this? She's in class, and she's taking her physics test, and she's sucking on her inhaler. And she's <gasps> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the formulas start scrambling around in her paper, and then the words form. Learning is fun with Freddie. <laughs> and, her, and her pen starts dripping blood. And, <laughs> And then Alice, Alice is, you know, because Alice takes them all into her dream. She's like, you know, she's delivering her to Fred, delivering everybody to Freddy's. Right. Um, so she gets trapped in her seat. And then Freddy very slowly and calculatingly uh, takes the apple and he slices the skin off because he's now the teacher. Yep. Um, so he slowly ambles towards Sheila and he takes her glasses off like really seductively. Um, Want to suck face? <laughs> and he starts making out with her and, and you just... You see her face just start to like char, dude. Like, and her hands look like saggy rubber gloves. Oh my god! And her dude in her eyes, which is the freakiest thing. She kind of freaky. Like, the, one is solid black, and the other is kind of like this cataract color. Um, and he sucks her dry. She wilts and falls away like an empty husk. Um, she looks like an extra from one of those freaky creatures in the basement of We Are Still Here. Remember that? Yes, film? yeah, totally. She looks. She looks. That's what she looks like oh, at the end. God, of this. so gross. I just thought that was a really. I almost this really almost made my list. Yeah, no, I remember you talking about that and, one, and it's it's a really cool, creative one for sure. You know. Oh yeah, and the other one is from your f- not everybody's favorite one for sure. Um, but like I said, the rewatchability factor here. It's Jesse from the uh, 2010 remake Nightmare on Street. Yes, that's right. It has such an old school feel, man, um, of the boiler room, the huge elaborate boiler room scene. It's well made. There's little kids in cages that are watching him. Yep. Um, and Jesse finds Chris, who is essentially the Tina character of this remake. Uh, and he finds her and he's looking at her and he goes, Chris, oh God. And he, and Freddie goes, no, just me. <laughs> Why are you screaming? I haven't even cut you yet. Oh my God. It's just some of the way deliver, like the way Jackie Earl Haley, man. What a he's a great actor. I mean, just fantastic actor. Yeah, got it. He got his start in um, 
in Bad News Bears with um, oh that's right with Tatum, yeah, yeah. With Tatum O'Neill yeah, yeah. back in the he was 70s. the kid on the and motor then, the motorbike right yeah and then he was in some movie Little Creatures or something and he was like a pedophile um, character in it he, I think he was even nominated for an Academy Award for that film um, so Freddy disappears and Jesse's looking all around and he can't see anything there's just like this medium long shot and then bam like Jason he like Jason fisting Hans in the beginning of Part Six Friday Six. <laughs> His glove comes exploding through Jesse's chest, man, from the back. And then he hangs him, like, upside down, and he goes, Did you know that after the heart stops beating, the brain keeps functioning for well over seven minutes? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we still got six more minutes oh to gosh. play. <laughs> he sounds like, I mean, he ends up sounding like fucking Mr. Vargas from, from Fast Times, but... <laughs> But it's brutal, man. It's freaky, it's a freaky man. The way kill, he delivers man. the lines. Yeah, it's really freaky. So that's that's uh, that's what I got. That's Mikey. awesome. One uh, one more I wanted to mention. You kind of mentioned a bunch that were on my list too. Uh, Joey, <laughs> like the hot chick, and then all of a sudden, you know, we hear something under his bed, and they got that uh, that great song by Billy Idol playing. Um, and yes. he, he that was in our our Instagram. Yes, promo. and he peels back the covers, and there's the hot chick in the waterbed, almost like a mermaid, even though she's just like a a chick. <laughs> and then you know, obviously, you know, it goes goes awry from there. Um, but I just love that scene because I used to have a waterbed in high school, and I remember watching that, you know, that scene and being like, oh my god, and then being a little freaked out sleeping in my waterbed that night, you know. But that's an, that's great. That's scene. another great one. Great yeah, scene. it's cool. Very creative. I mean, listen, if you have a character coming back from a different film, you you got to do something, right? Yeah. And they did it with Joey, with Kincaid. I mean, they set up this elaborate scene with him, you know, in the, in this, uh, you know, in the abandoned car lot or whatever, and it just doesn't. There's no payoff. He just kind of stabs him, and it's just like he's gone. Yeah. It's like okay. Um, you know, it's big elaborate setup and then there's no delivery for me. Right. But Joey, Joey was a good oh, one. Yeah. Man. How it the, was, it was she good. disappears off the poster. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I love it, man. It was really, really fun. So, so that's good, man. There's, a, it's some great, great, it's a great series to revisit. You know, I think, uh, you just got the Blu-ray box set, right? So it's, uh, yes. it's fun. It's a fun series to go back and sort of watch in order and, uh, it, you just really appreciate it, man. It's just some really creative kills and some great special effects, you know? Um, so much fun. Yeah. You know, Freddie's such an icon, you know what I mean? It's like, it's definitely one of those things that in horror, we're lucky, lucky to have, you know, dude, I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, you know, getting this podcast going so we could talk about this stuff. Someone has something to say. Hold on. <laughs> Freddie's saying, let's be friends. <laughs> let's be friends. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to, uh, to do our commentary track too. It's going to be super fun. Yes, sir. Awesome. We might we might also be sticking another episode uh, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere, we so. might uh, we might do a little shorter episodes just to kind of throw in there, you know. Yeah, we talked about doing little mini episodes. And I think that's a really cool idea when you have something that um, we want to talk about, and I think it'll be yeah, cool. it'll be good. Just quick little things people can listen to, you know, on the on the drive to the grocery store or something, you know, just something. Just yeah, keep people nibbling. That's you know? nibbling. <laughs> that's that word again, nibbling. <laughs> nibbling the nourishing nipple of nostalgia, Maddie. Mike, the nipple has needs, man. It has needs. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, before we get going, Maddie's going to leave us with something, I think, right, Maddie? Yes. If you find yourself alone in that darkness and a sudden cold fills the space around you, you're left to wonder is it the icy finger of loneliness caressing your skin, or is it is it something else? Like maybe something from out of a dream, perhaps? Or a nightmare? <laughs> And as your mind adjusts to this new poisonous possibility, this terrifying truth, 
There now seems to be not one, but five cold fingers raking across your naked flesh. These fingers are sharp like nails. No, not nails. Like knives. As I see it, you have two choices. Jolt immediately for a light source and and try to meet this horror head on. Or you could close your eyes, lock them up tight. Try to pretend like none of it's actually happening. But remember, if you choose option two, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We will see you guys soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.